Hey, welcome to the Dropship Podcast, the number one dropshipping podcast in the world. And today we are going to answer a question we get quite often. Should I sell branded products, products that people are already searching for the brand, or should I sell... I don't want to say generic, but unbranded products where you're in a category such as uh, commercial trash cans. Can you name a brand of commercial trash cans? I doubt you can. And so should you sell more unbranded things or should you sell from brands? I think I've seen people successful in both. So I'm not really sure I would give hard and fast advice here. What what do you think, John? Well, I think you probably can uh, get add a bit more nuance to the question to start with. So, I mean, all products have a brand. Right. It's, I think it's more about should you sell products that have brand recognition within their niche market, whatever, or products that don't. I mean, a classic one of the ones that don't usually is like anything in the homeware space, right? So, like your rugs, like people say, oh, well, I could start a store selling Persian rugs. Name me a brand of Persian rugs. Now, there are brands out there, but nobody knows what they are. Nobody cares because they're buying the things just for how they look. Right, so there's not necessarily you know, what size they are or what shape they are, etc. And so, like, there's not really those. Those are fairly commoditized products, right? I mean, a Persian rug. Yeah, I'm sure there's different levels of quality to, that people don't really care about, um, but they all kind of look the same, right? Like, how do you differentiate one from the other? There's no unique features of a Persian rug, really. I'm sure there's some Persian rug expert out there who's sitting there going, "John, you dickhead." <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and I'm sorry to that person, <laughs> but uh, like you, you kind of get what I mean. Like I used to sell lights, right? Like lights for houses. That was my first site, Cheek Chandeliers, as anybody who's listened for a while knows. Um, and you saw the same thing there. Like all of the <laughs> suppliers I had products from, they had a brand, right? Their boxes came in a branded box, but nobody was out there searching for any of those brand names. They were all just looking for, I need a light that's this color, it's this shape. And whatnot, there would be, you know, like one of my most popular products were these like matte black egg-shaped pendant lights, which people would hang down in their kitchen above their kitchen bench, right? Used to sell them shit tons of these things. There were like 10 companies that had the same light, right? Because you could get it made in the same factory in China for like, you know, 10 bucks a pop or something. Uh, And so, they were all, when the trend on that took off, everybody had them. They were all the same. There literally was not really any identifiable difference between them. And so... Customers didn't care which brand they were getting from. They just wanted the look. And as long as they got the look, didn't matter. And so, yeah, I, I think that's more what it's about. Like, do people actually care about the brand? Do they know the brand in the space, whether or not there is actually a brand? Um, and I think certainly being in a space with brand recognition makes life easier most of the time, I think, for sure. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely a factor that's worth considering and researching a bit, you know, because obviously there's there's some research you can do into this before you pick a niche to go into. I see everything through a keyword lens. And so, I'm yes. simply thinking, how do we capture the demand for this product? You've heard us talk about how there's demand generation, right? Uh, if you're watching a video, here's my pet supplement. Is your dog limping by my, my by my product? That's like it's getting someone to stop their scroll versus someone who already went to Google and is searching, why is my dog limping or glucosamine for dogs or liquid glucosamine for dogs? I think the same way when I'm thinking about the high ticket products that you're going to sell. If a brand has built up enough name recognition that people are searching that brand, it's quite easy 
to run the three tier funnel we we teach in Dropship Breakthrough to get in front of people who are searching those long tail keywords, brand name, product name, descriptor, really long tail keywords that we know they're at the bottom of the funnel. On top of that, almost uh, exclusively in brands versus just, you know, unnamed things, people are searching brand versus brand. They want to know, all right, I've narrowed it down to the solution. Now, should I get brand A or brand B? And that's a real opportunity for you to create content that can rank very quickly comparing brands that you carry and then directing those people to the brands on your site. And so I think it actually makes it easier to be branded uh, but the same thing applies to unbranded products too, right? And so again, we'll go to commercial trash cans. Uh, there's probably, you know, uh, large, medium and small. We'll just use the easiest things. I have no idea about these things. Uh, but somebody's going to be comparing large versus medium or medium versus small or, um, trash cans for, uh, like cubic feet or something, right? There might be like, uh, one of your collections might be on cubic feet and you, you're probably still going to compare sizes or compare, um, the metal use, I, I genuinely don't know anything about commercial trash cans. Maybe it was better in your lights, John, but you were comparing product type terms or aesthetics or things like that. Mm. And so I think those keywords are still going to exist in the different parts of the funnel. There's actually just going to be half as many because now all the branded terms are gone. There's not brand versus brand. There's not brand product name. None of that stuff exists. There's only looking for the generic type terms. And uh, so it essentially gives you half as much uh, on which to win, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it also makes, um, I think, usually in those spaces where there's not much brand recognition, you also see a lot of competition. That's that's kind of my experience because the, the products tend to tend to be, not always, once again, I'm sure it's not the case for the electronic trash cans, but like for lights or, <clears throat> you know, lounge chairs or rugs, as I said, because the products themselves are fairly commoditized, as in there's not like some technical features that make them, you know, superior or anything like that, or they're very simple products in terms of their operation. Um, Yeah, you tend to find that often prices are lower, margins are lower, there's more people selling them. They tend to be in really big markets as well, you know, like homewares, for example, super huge market, right? Um, but a lot, a lot of players in there. Uh, and so I think it kind of often leads to more competition and, and just like lower quality businesses. Whereas often in branded markets, you'll see that the suppliers, are, I feel, are often a bit more picky about who they work with, right? Because they have a brand. It's a valuable brand. There's brand recognition and they don't just want to stick it anywhere. Um, whereas my experience in the homewares markets, can't keep going back to that example is often the suppliers will just take anybody like literally anybody you know um to the point of people who put up a ripped off side of somebody else who's already in the market for example which has happened to me is still get approved by suppliers even though it looks like somebody else they've already approved as a retailer right like super dumb shit um and so if you're somebody who's in a really branded space and you get the best brands and not everybody can get them, then you're kind of in a really good position. And I've certainly seen uh, quite a few people over the years who, you know, had some brands that they were able to secure that not everybody else in the market was able to and those brands sold really well for them and they made a lot of money because just because of that, that factor. Uh, I do want to jump in there because we often hear like a, you know, gold. Uh, I believe I made this up many, many years ago and it got 
skewed out of style. We've argued about it before on the Patreon, like, you know, gold and silver and bronze <laughs> suppliers. And you think when you get that gold, it's going to make everything better. And we talked about it on the 3D printer guy uh, episode. You know, getting MakerBot didn't make a meaningful difference in my business. And so, uh, yeah, I've seen it both ways there. But uh, I don't know. Just in general, if you had to pick one, John, um, does this, number one, which side would you pick? And then does this factor in when you are looking at market selection, whether it is a branded or an unbranded space? Because me, hands down, I'm picking branded. I just think there's more keywords on which I can win. Uh, It's going to be easier. Uh, You're kind of a parasite on their brand. Like they've built all of this branding for you and you can simply step in and fill the marketing holes that they've left for themselves. Um, And you can, you can, Hoover up a bunch of sales. Uh, I, I genuinely think it's much, much easier. But at the same time, I, I kind of wonder if the other market could go larger in general. I'll, you know, And uh, probably much easier opportunity for you to present your brand once you're ranking for commercial trash can. If you're number one for commercial trash can and no one has brand affinity, it might be pretty easy for you to get your own brand of, of commercial trash can right there at the top of the list and, and own it. But uh, you know, I've done it in a branded space too. Yeah. Yeah, I think you really got to find a better analogy than the parasite one. It's like John and Ben, go and build a parasite business, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, look, I think it's definitely a case of swings and roundabouts. Um, it's not something that I say from the gate as a like a niche selection criteria just because it's one of those things that could actually cut off opportunities because I think there are opportunities with non-branded products. Yeah. I think they're just, there are swings and roundabouts here, right? If you get into a branded space with brand recognition, I think in the beginning, often it's easier to get up and running and make your sales, right? Because you do have that ability to kind of piggyback on a brand success um, and, and pull in some sales. Um, and then, you know, you'll have to find other avenues to grow down the track. Um, whereas with an unbranded, a very unbranded space, particularly if there's a reasonable level of competition, I think it takes longer to get the ball rolling because you really have to figure out what are the money keywords going to be? What are you targeting? How are you getting in front of customers? What's the best ones? And there can be, that's a lot less clearer in the beginning, but you're right. I certainly have seen circumstances where for individuals that, if they have turned that into a good thing and it has worked for them. But on balance, um, I think often with those markets, there are other niche selection criteria that tend to knock them out before you even think about that. So, like going back to the homewares thing, there would be other factors that are in like our niche selection criteria that would knock pretty much most of that stuff out before you even got to thinking about whether it was branded or unbranded, like it's too competitive or, you know, you know, that's usually the main one, but, um, you know, other factors. So, you know, for me, I still like to consider opportunities that are in unbranded spaces if they're on my niche ideas list, just because there might be one that's a really good opportunity in there. And I don't want to automatically just knock it out without giving it the full consideration. So, um, you know, but once again, it could just be a personal preference thing. Like some people like the idea of the, the branded space and they'll just go for that out of the gates. And that, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, there's swings and roundabouts. I don't think there's, you know, there, there's a right or a wrong way. But if I looked overall 
and once again, I don't say this to try and skew people's thinking. If I looked overall, I'd probably say on balance of the most successful people I've seen in high ticket drop shipping, more of them were in a branded than a non-branded space. Yeah, same. I just think there is more. There's probably more than of that. Space. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I, I, you know, uh, I won't shout out what they're doing. But Sky, if you're listening to this, he's he's someone I've done personal consulting with, a student of ours, uh, crushing it in in an industry that has zero brand recognition, and I mean zero. There is there is not a brand out there, and so I've seen it possible. I've I've seen other students do the same sort of thing. I think it's um, it's not black or white either. There's not industries where it's all branded or all unbranded. It's definitely gray where they're. You know, go back into the archives and look for John Murphy, you know, selling one of the only successful e-bike people we've ever seen, selling specifically to one person behind the screen. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of brands in that space. There might be now, but like there definitely wasn't when he pivoted. It's just uh, those specific e-bikes were suitable for who he was targeting. And um, I, th- I think it's going to end up being gray a lot of the times, but uh, I- I'm definitely choosing branded personally. 